Welcome to Inside Motorsport. Tony Whitlock, I'm here at Phillip Island, a historic meeting. And as has become custom in recent years, Malcolm Osler has turned up. He's racing a very conventional racing car, an RT1, which had a great history with John Smith and other drivers. Malcolm, that's the most conventional of the racing cars you've been in in recent times, or cars you've been involved with. Yeah, I guess so, probably. It's, um, it's sort of my, my ideal historic car, really. Um, there's so, so many so many people I know have been in, not Ron Turanak, who I knew, used to compete with, obviously, and have a lot of respect for, Cosworth Engine, Jill and Gearbox, um, Larry, um, Wally Story worked on it a lot in the day, Dave Moore, um, Smithy, I know, obviously, quite well, Larry Perkins, I know, back from 77 with Jansen, was the first one to drive it, um, somebody else needed to mention there, but uh, yeah, incredible car, incredible history. Yeah. And, um, per and personal to me, you know. Yeah. Harry Galloway. Harry Galloway did all the yes. work on it. Yeah, yeah. And my, my first window into motor racing was helping Harry build a car back in 1980. To get to where you went, and you went to the very pinnacle of motorsport in the world at that time, was Formula One. But you worked your way through Reynard designing cars for smaller categories. But before that, let's come back to Australia. The first car you designed, shall we say? designed cars in Australia, but I built a lot of mini bikes when I was a child. Oh, okay. The, um, I've actually got at home a replica of the mini bike I built when I was 12, first year of high school. Wow. Um, and you couldn't, yeah, I didn't have money to buy a mini bike. You could buy Deltec rock hoppers and stuff then, but not with my budget. Is it what this is commonly sort of called something like a monkey bike? Is that what sort of thing? We call them mini bikes. Yeah. Not too many monkeys in Morunga. Um, yeah. But uh, it was a scooter frame. I, I chopped the back off my scooter and um, built a built a uh, fork back there to take a wheelbarrow wheel and mix a lawnmower engine and uh, made a frame to support a seat that you could sit on and direct drive and no brakes and <laughs> no brakes and no uh, kill switch. Just pull the throttle open. Bravado. Right. Jump, jump on it. Start the engine. Ride it. Put your feet down to stop. Okay. Um, Self-taught welding? Yeah, well, not really. I, I've never done, done a welding course, but I, <laughs> I, I didn't teach myself. I, you know, looked, ma mainly, I suppose, mainly, mainly self-taught, but got the basics from various people like Harry and Polly Story. Where did your first desire to build racing cars come from? Just when I got a job at Reynard. I, I, I always thought it was too much work. You look at how you know, Formula Ford, just like starting with the pedals, you know, it's, just, <laughs> it's an uprise, so it's so much work. Um, but when I was, I got the job at Reynard as a design draftsman and was given the job of designing a replacement Formula Ford for, uh, for Formula Ford 2000 for 87. Um, you know, the pedals already existed, so it wasn't such a big job. Okay, all right. But it's a giant jump. I mean, you obviously demonstrated a skill levels way beyond your age. Yeah, but I've, I've been involved. I mean, I wasn't young. I was... 26 when I was went to Reynard. Well, in this world of, of motorsport, I mean... Yeah, but I've been, I've, I've been around, you know, like, I built my mini bike when I was 12, I got a job at Reynard when I was 26. You know, there's 14 years there of engineering sure. experience, self-initiated projects and what have you. And, uh, you know, an engineering degree and um, a bit of time. I've, I've raced Formula Ford here for a couple of years and built stuff for that car and got a better understanding of what's involved. Before you went to England, you'd raced here? Yeah, I did a couple of years in Formula Ford, or 18 months actually. 18 months, 83, okay. 84. I had a okay. stunning season in 83, my first year of motor racing. I finished second in the national championship to Bruce Connolly. And we thought, oh, we'll, we'll kill it in 84 and go to Europe. And uh, it just, it all went horribly wrong, trying to be too clever, you know. And halfway through the season, I hadn't scored a single point, so I stopped. <laughs> 
You, you chose to associate yourself with some wonderful minds in Harry Galloway and Dave Moore, Bruce Connolly. You know, these are all people who have proven themselves over a long period, enduring time. Wally Story. Yeah, Wally Story, being very clever at it. Um, they were the, the, the examples that was... Peter Malloy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, indeed. Um, now, in recent times, you've built some wonderful cars. I mean, a Hill Climb Championship car. Yeah. Uh, Australian Hill Climb Championship car. Um, there have been some amazing cars that were built before it. Um, tell us about the car that you built, please. It's now sold to Canada. I'm that car, yeah. Um, yeah, 2013, I suppose, somewhere. 13. Um, uh, I, I had a little uh, 1300 engine Delara, 1300 class Delara. And it was, it was multiple seconds faster than anybody else in that class. And it was just a sniff off being an outright car. I finished outright third at the Queensland Hill Club of the Australian Championship in Queensland in um, 2012 or 13. And then uh, I thought, well, I'm, I'm running, driving around in circles on my own finishing third here. I might as well build an outright car to, to finish the job. So I bought the OMS Tub. Uh, Owen Motorsport Services, Hill Climb Special Tub from England, which is lighter than the Delara, and built a car around it with a turbocharged hybrid motor. And is that a, a carbon fibre tub? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the sort of essential if you're going to go and do scary things in dangerous places, having have some carbon around you. And uh, yeah, went out, went out and first run at Canberra, set a new lap record, and went straight to the Australian two weeks later and won the Australian Championship with it in 2014. And, won another four and decided I'd done all the things I wanted to do with it. The, the, the 2019 Australia Hill, Hill Climb Championship at Bathurst was just immense in terms of an achievement to, you know, to, beat, the, to beat the 650 horsepower multiple UK Hill Climb Championship Gould up Mountain Strait where my car shouldn't even be competitive with a little motorbike engine. Yeah. To beat it by two hundredths of a second was just stunning and the, the TV cameras were there for some reason or other so it's, it's on YouTube forever and just, just absolute pinnacle of my hill climbing time. I thought, okay, that's done. Had a bloke in Canada badgering me for the car, so I thought, okay, now's the time. Right, okay. Has he won in it? Has he been going well? Don't know what he's done. Oh, okay. He, 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 he arrived there in the middle of winter. He's got his own test track. He drove it on the Pirellis in, when it was five degrees and said a load of wheelspin. Uh, he said he had a load of wheelspin, which is logical, and haven't heard a word for it since. And that was yeah. beginning of 2020. Yeah. Who knows? Um, is it the challenge of a wheel-to-wheel -wheel duel that you like in racing RT1? Not really. No, okay. No, yeah. Nice. I mean, there's something about the purity of a hill climb, isn't it? Um, it is, but you sort of travel a long way to do not much, really. And, uh, I mean, I, I bought the, I had that, had that, had that condition, as you know, for a while. Yeah. And I bought that specifically to have something to drive around Philip Island. I wanted to go and do some laps over yeah. And that's progressed to what's downstairs. The now. ratio of time to uh, time yeah. on track yeah. is better than drag racing, yeah. though. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, there have been hundreds of thousands of people who have marvelled and enjoyed your Goldmobile Dart. Yeah, that's a good, good little project. Now, on. that little track is on your property. No, 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 no. no? It's a local cart track. Oh, okay, right, all right. Um, and that car still lives? That car lives. I'll, I'll sell it. I um, I really enjoy designing the design challenge and making these things and getting them finished and getting them sorted and running nicely and stuff. But I really haven't got much <coughs> use for it. Really, I've done my hill climbing. Okay. Turn, turning up and being six seconds slower than the OMS doesn't really turn me on. <laughs> Tell us about the the goggle wheel design challenge. What was it? What was it? Well, it's um. The Dart's a beautiful, quite a pretty little car. It's, it, it, it's, it's a lovely body shape, but it looks a bit odd 
sitting up on its little 10-inch wheels. It's like a bit of a roller skate. Um, but, but a few friends of mine had them. I kept saying to them, you need to put a high whistle motor in. It's not this poxy little 25 horsepower two-stroke. And eventually, of course, it fell upon me to be the one to put the motorbike engine in there. And when I realised the engine had to, couldn't go in the back, it had to go alongside me. To, to make it like a two-seater with a motorbike engine as a passenger. That's when I got excited about it because it was something quite different. You know, mm. Quite a different project. You're sitting, sitting 10 degrees uh, skewed in the car with the engine next to you and the engine's at one degree to get the chain to go to the middle of the spool at the back. It's, you know, some lovely design challenges there. It was, it was fun. I don't know many young engineering students, but I have a strong feeling that you may have inspired a few. I hope so. Yeah, I, I have a strong suspicion because while I uh, I never reached any heights designing anything, I had desire to, but um, maybe because I just didn't meet anybody. Who, yeah, you know. I, I hope so. But um, I hope you know inspire people to go and do things themselves, really, rather than just you know, go to uni and turn up to Formula One team. I, I, I'm that's what I'm, I'm meaning is, yeah, is yeah. by that. Well, that's the, the um, I'm I quite like production, I like making things. So when I'm, say, making an upright for the dart, I'll spend as much time lying in bed thinking about how I'm going to make it yes. as to what it's actually going to be. Because yeah. yeah, you, know, you, you don't want to go building exotic jigs to build one upright. You want to make it so self-jigs if, if you can, and you know, minimum of uh, minimum of peripheral hardware that doesn't get used again. Now, you, you live out on 100-plus acres yeah. um, out near Bega, yep. that direction. Um, do you use the property for anything in itself? Used to. Used to. We had... Um, we had uh, breeding. We've probably raised a few hundred cattle there. Yep. Uh, as in, as in, from birth. Um, you're you're a suburban. Yeah, grew yeah, up yeah. There. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we, we we bred beef cattle for 15 years or so, and eventually, um, just the the love the cattle. Cattle are great. Um, it's a lovely thing to do, but the weeds, the weed control job just got me down. So yeah. We subdivided the farm, sold most of it, and now we live on 10 hectares basically. Okay. You can mow that. Okay, um, now your, your next project, which you in near completion or is completed? Uh, motor, the outboard motorbike? Yep. Um, no, so I'd say it's past halfway, but it's still the finishing off stuff to do yet. So then it's currently in bits. But the, the way you build these things, you build them unpainted. And then go back and... Yeah, then you take them all apart and get painted bits and get the bolts plated. And, um, so the engine... I, I, so I, where did the concept for this motorbike... Just, just out of my head. I just, like, like everyone with a sole wheel, like two strokes, I mean. And outboard motors, you know, two and a half litre, two stroke V6, pretty good thing. And one of the things about them, of course, they're very compact. Yeah, outboard compact motor. and light, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just, I, I, I've been thinking about building an outboard motorbike for some time and eventually had, you know, had finished the dart and okay next okay and does it have a solid drive uh, it's got so the, the engine's upside down longitudinal crank but the plugs face the road so the carby's coming up through the fuel tank um, then it's got a shaft off the back of the engine which, which used to go to the um, outboard down the leg of the outboard uh, that goes to a 90 degree drive using the gears out of the leg on the outboard that takes it out the side, then that drops down to a Harley Davidson gearbox, which is still separate from the like like an like an old 1940s motorbike. It's, the gearbox is still separate to the engine, so you can just put that behind the engine, and then from there back to the back wheel. So it's, mm-hmm. say it fast enough, it sounds easy, but a lot of engineering. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Specialised bits, mate, all made in the machine shop in Beagle, not mine. Though. And you didn't make it a two-wheel drive motorbike, did you? No. No need for that. No, no need for that. Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly sounds an extraordinary thing, and this is a YouTube and another a YouTube adventure. Yeah, yeah it's all on there. 
Oh well, yeah, certainly look forward to it. Um, do you watch Formula One at all? Do you? I, I don't because um, what's on in the middle of the night, and I haven't. I'm not really a television. I'm not a television person at all. Yeah. Um, so I get up in the morning and just look at the highlights. Yeah. On, on the F1. I follow F1 purely by the F1 um, Bernie's channel or whatever it's called, Bernie's website. Yeah. Not that it's Bernie anymore, but that's that's my that's my newsfeed. That's the, anything I need to know is on there. I, I don't use his first name at all because Bernie. yeah, because I don't know the man. And, and never I met, met him once. Yeah. He said, "I've heard a lot about you. All bad." And I said, "Yeah, likewise." Yeah. And that was the extent of our conversation. Yeah. I started listening to uh, Formula One on the radio. My father built a, a receiver out of a Lancaster bomber receiver. And I lay in bed in Melbourne um, listening at three in the morning and things like that with no of these earbud things. These were sort of yeah. ex-Lancaster bomber, yeah. very ungainly. Uh, and I love Formula One. I love the... Uh, and I, I suppose my love of Formula One really started dwindling in the late 70s, early 80s. And then when wind tunnels just ruined Formula One, with you know having to know sponsors' names rather than what car what car is that? You know my favourite era was when you could identify a car by its shape, not by its sponsor colour. Yeah. Well, it was never going to last. Well, you know. they're all the same. They've just made a set of rules that make sure they're all the same shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Indy, it's a, Indy cars. Yeah. You know, everything spec. Everything else is spec format. Yeah. If you want to see some variety? Go hill climbing. <laughs> yeah. I must say that. Um, um, and uh, you know, I mean, the, the biggest reason I would think why we have control chassis in every category, virtually international sport, um, is because of the uh, availability of materials, machining, engineering skills. Cost, cost rationale, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 sad, the sad part about it is it doesn't. The, the breeding ground for young designers is gone. Yeah. Yeah. You can design a Formula 4 if you want to, that's about it. Yeah. No one's going to make a Formula 3 car and take on the Dallara. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, well thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.